How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 15 of The Way of the Wolf. So one of the things that all of you have noticed by now is there's an underlying theme of our show. We talk a lot about leadership, entrepreneurship, health and fitness, and ultimately becoming the best version of ourselves. And in some of the previous interviews that I've done recently, we touched on on a few of these topics, but I'm, I'm very excited about today's interview with this gentleman. We're going to be covering all of these topics just based on his experience and everything that I've seen. I've known him for a few years now. He is the founder of Legacy Barbell, host of Heathen Culture Podcast. He's a car guy. He's got a killer beard. Henry Walker, <laughs> welcome to the show. What's going on, bud? Uh, let's get the party started, right? Hold on. Let's get it. We got it. There it is. There it is. All right. Little, little peach vibes, caffeine, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, perfect. So I'm just going to delve right in. One of the biggest things that's been most impressive for me is a is Legacy Barbell. Badass name for a gym, <laughs> quite frankly. Appreciate it. Um, I'd like for you to share your story with the listeners. Like, how did you come to start this business? I know you had some experience in, in oil and gas and in the corporate yeah. world. So how did you find yourself starting Legacy? So it, it kind of started because uh, no options left. Um, the story is very uh, intricate, but uh, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, I don't know if your listeners are religious, or I'm, I'm a spiritual person, and I, and I think um, a higher power came to me and told me to keep from killing myself, to pull my head out of my ass and figure out what I'm going to do from with the rest of my life. And so when I did, I had this epiphany that I just need to go find something I like to do, and and. And at the time, I liked working out. Like I, I've, I've, I've never been a fitness model looking guy. I've never had the six pack abs and all that stuff. Like I, I, I like lifting weights. I like what it does for me mentally, physically, and emotionally. I enjoy that. Um, and so after my experience with a, a higher power than me, um, I started working out again. And my friends have been kind of bugging me, and they saw me go through this weight loss transformation. They're like. Dude, will you train me? I was like, yeah, I'll train you for free. And I would work out with them, and I'd work out on my own. And they were like, dude, you just need to open up a gym. Your workouts are insane. You you know what you're doing. I was like, yeah, man, I will one day. And one day came because I got laid off. And, you know, 2015, the oil and gas industry took a major hit. Uh, I was last hired, first fired. Um, it sucked. It was very hard uh, emotionally and mentally on me, but uh, I got laid off, and I spent the next four months putting in an average of 100 to 120 resumes a week at every single place that had oil and gas anywhere near it. I was like, listen, I will go push a, shop, push a broom in a shop. I don't care. I just I need to get back to work. It's the only way I feel complete. That's one of the that's one of the things that's so challenging in oil and gas. I've heard that story more times than I can count. And you and I have, whenever I was on your show, yeah, I shared some of my experiences with oil and gas, and it, it's so absolutely brutal. And people just they can't comprehend. They they think they know. Oh well, it's cyclical. It's up and down. You, you really have no clue unless you've actually lived it and had to had to go through those challenges. My description of the oil and gas industry is: you could be. I, I equate it to dating. Hmm. You could be the most loyal partner there is, and you could be, you could give them everything you have, 
and you could sacrifice and you could take time away from your friends and family and your parents and and all these incredible people in your life and they will still take a shit on you and cheat on you and go down the road for somewhere cheaper mm-hmm. and that's the way it is yeah and they they care but when the bottom line comes and they got cut they cut without any issue it's it's numbers on a page yeah your your number and and that, it sucks. It sucks going through that motion. So mm-hmm. I did that. And you're talking four months of this. I was like, man, my, my unemployment's about to come out. And it's the first time in my life I ever was on unemployment. I never, even if I got let go or whatever, I would have another job in a week or so or two mm-hmm. weeks, whatever. I'd never been on unemployment. And I'm doing this. I was like, I have to figure out a way to become successful. I had to figure out a way to do something that I want to do. And I had a, a former owner of a company. He said, no matter what you do, you will always have a job here. Whether you want it, need it, whatever, you all have, always have a job here. But you will never go past this point. If you want that for yourself, the only person can do that for you is you. That's powerful. And and I and his his name is Gus Dewary. He owns uh, Best Way Oil Field in uh, Off Sheldon Road. I was driving over there every day from the Woodlands. Mm, so I mean, wow, yeah. Um, and and he taught me more about business, seeing in his office, trying to coach me to be a better employee than I would have ever gotten from a uh, quote unquote business coach. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where it started. Not. We're, we're four months in, and I was like, the main show went to gym. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I have no other choice. Like, only way I'm going to be successful, it's going to be hard. The road's going to suck. It's going to be one of the, the hardest things I'll ever do. But if I fail, I will fail doing something I actually want to do. I'm going to, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail chasing a dream, trying to help people, trying to make people's life better. If, if I fail, that's how I'm going to fail. And, you know, the first 18 months were the hardest months of my life. Uh, I went from having a 700-plus credit score, yeah. dipping down to 500s because I slow-played on my truck for four months in a row. My uh, my now wife, at the time, we were just getting together. Um, we lost a baby. We had medical issues. We had all these things come up. And, man, I had this overwhelming this voice in the back of my head. Keep going, man. Just keep digging. Keep doing what you're doing. And about 19 months in, you know, there's some other horror stories built mm. in there, like people trying to take the business away yeah. from me, all that stuff. But at, like, 19 months, man, it just started to just climb. And for 24 months straight, we beat every month before it. Sometimes it would be in the first week. Sometimes it'd be in the, the, the last day of the month, but we'd still beat it. That's incredible. And, it, and I, uh, a lot of times I'll talk about how there's a, little, a snowball effect. It yeah. takes time to yeah. build that momentum. Or, or think of it as uh, maybe a, a flywheel would be a better analogy. Yeah. You're just pushing and pushing, and it sucks, and it's, it's like, it feels like you're never going to get any better. But at some point, it reaches that critical mass, yeah. and then the effort to continue to speed it up gets less and less and yeah. it starts building that momentum and then carrying itself. So, um, yeah, well, that's, I, I mean, we, uh, when we moved over to here, you know, the flywheel was moving, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had some, 
we, we kind of maxed out our old location. Um, you know, we're, we were in 4,500 square foot. We how many members did you have at that facility? Like 580. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, still a lot. That's a lot. And we didn't have, we had no help from the landlord, no parking. Um, I do remember that. That was a pain in the ass. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> oh man, I can't go at five o'clock. And people were canceling because they're like, dude, we can't park. Yeah. And it just, it was just hard to do. And so, um, we just did all these things there and we just maxed out. And so me and the landlord had a falling out. Um, I shot a dumpster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bad day. I pulled out my gun. I shot sounds, a dumpster. Yeah. sounds like a rough one. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. Yeah. Um, cops were called. The, the DA didn't want to do anything about it. But the landlord uh, pro- started the process of evicting me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I get it. It's all good. Listen, I'm not, no harm, no foul. Give me a few months. I'll pay extra. Whatever I got to do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And we found this place. In this place, we were like, hey, we don't know how well we're going to do over here, but we're going to do 9,000 square feet if we can get it. Thank you. They worked with us. They were amazing. The landlords have been absolutely amazing. We opened up here and then. We started the, this meteoric climb to mm-hmm. fourteen hundred members. Wow, it's it is absolutely insane. And we did that during COVID. We did that during the quarantine, during the lockdowns. You were quite outspoken during the COVID stuff. I'm I still recall. outspoken. You are. You are. I still and am outspoken. I, I have to admit, like I I kept my membership even whenever they forced the, the doors to close, and I, you know I just kept paying because ultimately I wanted to support you and I what you were that. doing. But for me, that was one of the things that was also appealing is because you were fighting day in and day out to open your doors just because health and fitness and well-being is so important to you. And it's so important to all of your customers and clients that come in here. So massive respect for that. I appreciate that. I think people people have gotten too comfortable with vaccinations, Hmm. medications, things like that vaccinations and medications and and masks and gloves and plexiglass and all these things don't do jack shit for someone who has PTSD or is in a bad situation at home with a verbally or physically abusive spouse or 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 just being ran over by children or whatever that those things don't do anything to help that mm-hmm. what does is coming here and physical exertion it helps you make it to the next part of your day the mental break. Hey, I'm in a place where I'm healthy. I'm safe. We're promoting quality of life over quality of medication. These things happen. And I think that the way we do things and how we do uh, the business side of it and the way we treat people and, and all that comes into play. And I don't think you can get that if the road we're going. Agreed. And I mean, I, I, I'm very outspoken about it because I'm like, the science behind a mask, and I and, and I and I jokingly say that I'm really good at math, mm-hmm. but I mean you, you have a mask that filters X amount, and the virus is literally a thousand times smaller than that lowest filtration. It's like throwing BBs at a at a chain link fence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like why are we doing this? We're, we're we're giving up health. Let's go to the gyms. Why aren't we preaching eat healthy, work out, do something? Yeah. Vitamin D, take you know, take eat healthy, take supplements yeah. that, to help ensure that your, your immune system is in a good Absolutely. place. And on top of all that, why are we sacrificing physical health? Mm-hmm. And why are we trying to kill businesses that that are trying to help people do something the natural way, the right way, the actual healthy way? I mean, the government 
you know, God bless Ian Smith up in uh, New Jersey, man. That governor's coming after him for a million dollars. That's ridiculous. I'm like, this dude is just a guy trying to help the community yeah. the right way. So when we talk about health and fitness, I want to back up just a little bit. Yeah. And I, I've got a note here because it is something that resonated with me. You were on a, a colleague of ours, uh, Tony Watley's podcast a while back. Yeah. And you made a comment about you had this vision. You were going to build Legacy Barbell, this badass gym, and you were going to open the doors and everyone was just going to come. Yeah. So it's <laughs> funny. I interviewed Chris Tarver, which I think you know. He yeah. thought the same. The, Tarver's my boy. Yeah. He thought the exact same thing of TF Supplements, which is an incredible supplement store. It's gorgeous. The, it is. It's fantastic. The reality is, as much as you care and as passionate as you are about it, it doesn't work that way. The door, When you open the doors, it's not just everybody's coming in everybody's flooding in now you you have to be able to put in the effort the grind you've got to get yourself out there and network and promote talk to me a little bit about that because that's one of the things that as we talk about entrepreneurship and startups i think a lot of people underestimate the effort in that arena um as a former fat kid and i'm still kind of, <laughs> i'm still kind of chubby um as a former fat kid you have to become very uncomfortable with being in front of a camera I was always totally fine being behind the camera. Hey, we take a picture of me? Yeah, no problem. And I, and I used to run around with DSLR. Mm-hmm. And I used to take pictures. And I and people don't... I thought opening the doors of a gym, a quote-unquote hardcore gym, because that's what everybody calls it, um, opening up the doors of, of a hardcore gym would be a situation of all you got to do is just tell people, and they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. You could not be further from the truth. Yep. And it's a very hard pill to swallow. It's the hardest pill to swallow because you have to go, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Well, I'm posting on social media, but my friends, I'm getting like one like, two likes from it. Um, I'm getting almost no post engagement, no nothing. Then you're like, okay, well, let's get a hot chick in there. And then the guys just want to just bang the hot chick. They don't care what you're trying to do. And it becomes one of these things, and you just got to figure out where your niche is and how to do something. And honestly, like, the whole thought process of opening a hardcore gym was supposed to be so cool and so fun. And I'm like, this isn't the reason why I built this place. Mm -hmm. I built this place to change people's lives. I built this place to be a sanctuary for people that are different, people that believe in health and fitness, but also just trying to pursue a goal. And I think that right there is what, I'm not going to say all, but some entrepreneurs or people that are starting up companies don't realize. You can't do it for the likes. It has to be Correct. a passion of yours. You have to want to change the world by whatever means or whatever avenue you have. For you, it's starting a gym. So for me, it's it's around coaching leadership and development. And I'm not getting hardly any engagement on my YouTube or podcast. And, you know, I have some listeners that I'm starting to see it grow a little bit. But quite frankly, I don't care because I enjoy doing this so much. And my mindset is if I can help one person do a little bit better, then it's all been worthwhile. And so I think a lot of people that are starting up companies don't realize that you have to do it for the right reasons or else that grind yeah. is going to beat you down and you're going to give up. Well, and, that, and that's kind of where the first like 18 months of my life was with owning a business. Um, fast forward, you know, we got the heathen culture. I do the heathen culture 
to be a voice of the, the of the everyday person in the middle. You know, the people that are straddle both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, you know, I thought, okay, I'm just going to build it and they'll come and I'll make money. And then I realized, like, the real reason I started all this, the reason why I opened it on the date that I opened it up on and all these things is when you're when you're in business and you're doing it for the right reason and for the right people and, you know, the whole story behind the gym, the reason why I started it, part of it was, yeah, there's nothing like this here. But at the same time, you know, they're the marketing side of it. But when we initially started doing business, I was like, I want to open a gym that anybody can join and not have to pay a shit ton of money out of pocket and join up where they're spending all their money at the gym. And then, you know, when you do that, you're going to want new clothes and you're going to want to go buy supplements and you want to go to the grocery store. And joining a gym ends up being from a supposed to be a, a maybe a hundred, two hundred dollar mm-hmm. deal to where it's a thousand, twelve hundred bucks. Yep. And that's just a big undertaking for anybody. And I don't think that's fair to an everyday person. So I was like, you know what? Let's change the way we do business. It's not about the hardcore. Yes, we're in a hardcore environment. Everything's painted black. The music's loud. It's that way for a reason. Psychologically, it puts you in the in work mode. But I want to build a place that has everything you could ever want, equipment-wise. It doesn't charge you an arm and a leg. It's not in your hand, not in your back pocket for all these different fees. I don't want you to have to sign a contract. I don't want you to do anything like that. I want to have. I want you to give me a reason to give five star reviews across the board, and be treated right, and take care of people, and and do everything the right way, and change people's lives in that aspect, and give them a proper environment to hit their goals. That is where my evolution started. Okay. Well, I think it's fair to say that you've achieved that based on everything that I've observed over the past yeah, few years. Yeah. It's I incredible. mean, we're getting there, and my next. The evolution is now even progress further. I want to own a hundred of these mm-hmm. across the country in every major neighborhood. And I want everyone to go Legacy Barbell. It's $39 a month. And there's no other fees, no other crap. Mm-hmm. I can join there. I got some badass equipment. It's American made. And I and the, the people that run it treat it as a community. I don't like the clicks. I don't like the BS. I just want to I want to change the world and change the fitness industry away from all these fees and all this other stuff and just make it about health, not make it about money. Well, it absolutely is about health because I, I see that in so many gyms. Oh, well, if you sign up for six months or you got to sign a contract. or I mean, these people are just trying to lock you in yeah. for the wrong reasons. Whereas you, you genuinely want to be able to create an environment where people can come in, they can feel comfortable. Yes, there's loud music, there's heavy weights, but I've seen people... Uh, uh, across the spectrum uh, in terms of, of people that are working out in here. You've got um, men and women that are that are much older in, in age, and you've got a lot of young, I would say, athletes and bodybuilders. It's kind of all across the board. Absolutely. But they all work out side by side, and there's this mutual respect where you could see a 200-pound bodybuilder, 250-pound bodybuilder, handing out and helping out somebody who's 60 years old and, and struggling with absolutely out. And, and that's what it's about it's got to be about the community and the fact that you've been able to do that no contracts no commitments just hey come in this is a place for you to become healthy yeah and and i won't consider myself a success until i have a hundred of them mm-hmm. i'm i'm financially successful right now but that's not success to me success is when you're changing 
hundreds of thousands of lives. That's success when you're changing them and, and you're starting to see the, the culture change to the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think the, the gym culture is is who's got the biggest biceps, who's got the coolest shit to wear, who, who which gym owner is going to pull up in a Lambo, you know? One day it'll be me, but um, <laughs> but we're just. I, I want to change the culture of the the. Hey, look at me. Yeah. So as we talk about, you made a comment about the evolution of the gym, and yeah. as as the gym grows and scales, and and I'm already starting to witness this firsthand. You're you're transitioning from a business owner slash single entrepreneur who's kind of just running a gym to now you have employees and you're transitioning into more of a leadership role. And whenever um, I came on your podcast, we were talking a lot about about leadership. Yeah. Talk to me about what you have seen in terms of leadership differences from running a business to what you saw in the corporate world. Um, I had a really great leader. Um, I had two really great leaders uh, that kind of taught me about leadership in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Gus DeWary, and the other is Mike Johnson, who uh, owns Omni Valve in Muskogee, Oklahoma. They showed me how to treat your employees, how to take care of your employees. I just take it one step further. Like um, me being working the front desk day in, day out, 17 hours a day for four years in this last eight, nine months, I've been able to kind of step away, take more of a true leadership role where I can go, Hey, this is how I want things done. And I show people, this is how you sell. This is how you do these things. I want to show, I try to show each one of my staff that you can clean toilets. You can work extra. You can get to know every single member by first name. And you can make everyone's lives better. And I try to do that by showing them that I'm not only capable of doing it myself, I do it every day. You set the example. You got to set the example. Case in point, we just had their release. One of my staff quit on his last shift mm. 30 minutes before he was supposed to be here. Oh. One of my teams stepped up. He works early morning, Mr. Eric Polius. Eric, Eric works from 4 a.m., to noon, five days a week. Okay. He stepped up and goes, I'll come in. I slipped him cash. I bought him dinner. I took care of everything he needed. I said, hey, man, I can't thank you enough. He also got a raise. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's a powerful message for those of you that, that are struggling, that are working hard. Find those opportunities and step up. The appreciation that will come from it. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have that appreciation, but you build so much trust and ultimately strengthen that bond and that relationship for, yeah. for future growth. I mean, that could have opened a door for him in the future to open and, and manage his own legacy down in Houston. Correct, or, or Correct. Something exactly. Like that, right? and, I, and I reached out to him and I told him, I said, hey man, the, 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 these actions, these things that you're doing, show me who you really are. And show me what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. I said, you will always have my respect. If I respect somebody, there's nothing I won't do for them. Yep. Like, I try to give them everything I can. And so, with Eric and with all these other guys that come in here, I've already said, I've already called my shot. I was like, Eric's running the next one. Mm-hmm. With this, the leadership I have here right now, Nikki, 
Nikki is one of those people. She loves this place the way I love this place. She wants to make sure that when a, a, a veteran comes in and they're on leave and they bring in their paperwork, hey, man, I'm on leave. Oh, cool, man. Where are you coming from? And they'll show her. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you don't got to pay for shit. Go in here and fucking work out. That's awesome. Like that, these things that, that normally we wouldn't do, I, I've showed these, these people understand the way I do. And they're like, hey, man, let's take care of these people. Hey, this person's about to go to boot camp and they're, and they're, they're here for like a week. I, they don't have to pay for nothing. I don't want them to. Mm-hmm. It's it's about that part of it. I think that's where you get the leadership side. From the corporate world, I was lucky enough to have my last two uh, owners mm-hmm. when I was in the corporate world had took me under their wing to show me the right way to do things. I'm very blessed. I can give you a ton of examples of what not to do because I had that beforehand. If you are an employee... And you like, hey, like, like what you're doing, mm-hmm. you want to climb the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some sacrificing, but also knowing who you're working for and when and when and how to do it. Yeah. You want to lead a team, show that you're capable of leading. Hey, I don't need a raise right now. I want to show you that I'm capable. I want to show you that I'm driven enough to take on that extra responsibility right now, even though I don't have to. I'm not getting paid to. I want to show that my team what I'm capable of, and I'm going to lead by example. Anybody in the corporate world is going to going to go. That person's got management written on them. They understand what they're doing. Yep. They understand the sacrifice of what it takes to get the project done. That's how you roll up. It is. Absolutely. And that's not kissing ass either. That's no, I mean it, it's doing what has to be done. But you know, I think a lot of people and. <laughs> I feel old saying this, but like <laughs> younger generation, they want everything to be handed to them. Yeah. And and there's definitely some reality behind that. And uh, being in a leadership role in a corporate environment, I hear so many people like, oh, well, these, these millennials, you know, we're going to be screwed because they won't work. And while there is, I will say there are examples of that, oh, without absolutely. a doubt, but I have no doubt that there were people... 20 years ago that were also lazy and, Absolutely. and didn't want to work. I, I think every relate every every generation has its quote unquote lazy mm-hmm. and it has its workers. Yeah. Even the greatest generation on the planet had its lazy people. For sure. Um, I'll, I'll give you the the greatest thing I can tell you is I, I have a a 20 year old that works for me mm-hmm. that works his ass off. Yep. I got a 25 year old, I'm sorry, 30 year old who's right on that line, doesn't do jack shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we I had a 37-year-old working here, same age as me. They didn't do jack shit. Yeah. It's all what you're taught. I think leadership and, and work ethic is both a learned skill set. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that comes from our formative years whenever we're, we're young or like teenage or high school, college? Where do you think that comes from? Man, I'll give you – I'll tell you mine. Mine came from – being thrown to the wolves mm. out of necessity necessity yep. I gotta step up I gotta take the reins because if I don't we're all gonna die mm-hmm. yeah and you, can, and, you, and you can take that however you want you literally die financially die I've been thrown in those positions where you're going to die mm-hmm. you can either grab everybody Snatch them up by their collars, pick them up on their feet, and say, "We're going to fucking go." Yep. Or you can sit there and you can take the L and lose everything. There are people like 
our colleague, Tony, people mm-hmm. like you, people that address leadership, how to lead, so on and so forth. Some of it comes from our parents. You know, my, my, my parents weren't that great, man. Uh, my dad owned a business. He didn't teach me jack shit about leading a business, but he did teach me how to work. So you got you to figure that in. Yep. There's all these different things. There's so many avenues to learn leadership. The question is, is, do you have it in you? Do you want to lead or do you want to be a boss? And there's in, in a culture that we live in. I don't know about you guys. I don't know who listens to this, whatever. But being a boss is complete fucking bullshit. It is. If you were a boss, because I had you on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this. If you want to be a boss, you probably wouldn't be in your shoes that you are right now. Possibly not. You, you, you might be a little higher up in the food chain, but nobody would respect you. Nobody would like you. Nobody would want to fucking work, for, work with Sean. That's, so for me, whenever I think through leadership and, and like being a manager versus a leader or you know, a boss versus a leader... I've had, like you, plenty of examples of what not to do. Yeah. And I will never forget how they made me feel. The, the nights that I would go home stressed out, frustrated from working 70, 80 hours a week, killing myself, and, and my boss ripping into me for something that was completely out of my control that came down from, from someone else. Right? Yeah. Um, I just... For me, whenever I think through leadership, and, and you and I talked on about this on your podcast, is I I work for my team, and I firmly believe to to build a strong team and group and business as a leader, you have to espouse that philosophy. You work for your team. You are here to ensure their success, not the other way around. Absolutely. If you're trying to drive yourself and become successful yourself you're doing it for the wrong reasons and while you may see short-term results it's not sustainable long-term because you're going to start running into turnover people are going to get fed up they're not going to want to work for you and it's just going to be a revolving door and you can't build that lasting impact correct i think i think with with leadership and in the world we're in now leadership is one of those things where it's um People only worry about the money and not actually taking care of the team. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest. Whenever I was in my my twenties and thirties, so focused on on climbing the ladder, making more money, making more money, you know, didn't really grow up with. I won't say we weren't poor, but I would say lower middle class. Yeah, and just wanting more. I mean, you talked on on another podcast about how you know making a hundred thousand dollars a year that was like the benchmark. You know, you had made it. And for me, that was a goal that I set for myself. Whenever I was 30, by the time I was 30, I wanted to make 100000 a year. Absolutely. And and, um, and I did, barely. Uh, it was probably a month before turning 31, but I yeah. did it. Yeah. But so for me, and, and then even in my early 30s, it was still about like how much how much money can I amass? What, what's my salary? What's my bonus? All of that stuff. And in recent years, uh, that's just not as important to me. It, it's It's more about who can I help? How can I build teams? How can I help people become the best version of themselves? And yeah, the money's nice, but you know, I don't blow it on cars like I, I have in the past. You know, at one point I had like five cars and a bike and mm-hmm. like all that stuff. I've just, yeah, I think I've moved past that. And, and it's really my, I've finally found 
my calling and my purpose, and that's helping people to become the best version of themselves, whether they want to be a leader, whether they want to be a solutions architect, whether, whether they want to be an artist, whatever that may be. Well, with money, like money buys fun. It does. Money buys fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ever going to say that money doesn't buy happiness because money buys fun, mm-hmm. and fun is great. And Milet said it best, though. Winning is more fun than fun is fun. You beat me to it. I was going to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I listened to that and just... It hit it hit it hit the heartstrings because because it, it hit the heartstrings for me because I'm like, while yes, having my my thousand horsepower Chevelle and mm-hmm. and all these things are great and buying whatever gun I want like that stuff's cool, um, but I get more excited when we hit a benchmark like we did last month where we signed up 115 people. I remember being excited when we signed up four to five people a month. Yep. We signed up 115. I was so fucking excited. Yep. These things just happen like this, like wins like that, like being able to to take out my staff to dinner, the entire staff, and say, "Hey, man, buy whatever the hell you want. Let's get it. We're gonna have a business meeting. I want you to get what you want." And being able to sit there and just coach my staff and say, "Hey, this is what I expect. This is what I want. That is a win." Making it to where my wife, who is a serial corporate person is now going, I kind of want to do what you do now. I want to own a, a, a body positive clothing company. Mm-hmm. And and being able to back her and being able to say, hey, look, if, when it's time and you're ready to quit your job so you can chase this goal down, I'm right here. I, I got you. I'm, I'll be your safety net. Yep. That's a fucking win. It is. And, and, and that is more fun than me jumping in my car and driving 180 miles an hour somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's more fun than going around a track. It's more fun than going to a competition shoot. It's more fun than than doing photo shoots and stuff like that. It's honestly more fun than me doing my podcast. Yeah. Making a win happen. Mm-hmm. Making a win happen for my wife. Things like that. That is more fun than fun is fun. Absolutely. 100%. So talk to me a little bit about how health and fitness has, has changed your life. Obviously, this is a big part of legacy barbell and, and we've kind of already touched on it i know recently you finished 75 hard yes and so so talk to me about the importance of health and fitness during this journey and and also you know it's funny because whenever we think about entrepreneurship and how difficult and hard it can be the crazy hard hours that you're working the stress involved and how just sh- purely exhausting it is and and we joke around a little bit i've walked in on you with hardcore (laughs) music just blaring and you passed out in your in your chair yeah and i'm thinking what like how on earth is this guy doing it and that was at the old facility yeah yeah Yeah. um caffeine um um honestly i i tell you that i'm gonna tell you what not to do i'm gonna tell the people listening what not to do just because you are chasing a goal, whether it be an entrepreneur or trying to try, climb the corporate ladder, whatever, do not sacrifice your health and your fitness to pursue a goal. I own a gym. There was a time where I hated working out. There was a time I hated being in the four walls of my gym because every time I try to start working out, somebody would need something or I noticed something was out of place, or the bathroom needed to be cleaned, or this or that, or that. The internet went down, whatever. 
it's hard to stack it on top of your daily. It's hard to chase down a goal and then stack getting healthy on top of it. It's damn near impossible. And I said near impossible. It's not impossible. Working out and trying to chase down your health and keep your health up while doing whatever goal you're chasing is crucial because if you let it slide, if you let it slack, no matter how good your genetics, no matter how good your metabolism, getting back to where you were before you started this is a hundred times harder and it will feel impossible and it will feel daunting and you will feel like you have to sacrifice all your work and all your planning and, and everything that you've done you're gonna feel like you have to sacrifice all that again just to get back to where you were and then you're gonna be playing this game of constant catch-up when i did my show i did i got on a bodybuilding show i went from 345 pounds to 210 pounds that was hard yeah that's a an impressive feat i hated my life yeah, I, well, I would imagine i hated my life but i also hated owning a business and you know, there were people here that were going, dude, you're not okay. And I wasn't. I wasn't mentally okay. The, I, when I got done with my show, I ended up taking off like two weeks from working out. I'd come to the gym for a little bit, and I'd just pay people. I'm hey, can you just sit up here? I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. It was such a dark mental place mentally for me. What's interesting, I, I want to go down a little bit of rabbit hole there. Whenever people look at bodybuilders, it's a bit of a, a misconception for those of you that don't truly understand. I was hoping to bring this up. <laughs> it is, it is, it wreaks havoc on your body to be able to to gain and lose weight at those intervals, to be at such a calorie deficit for such long periods of time without carbs for so long. The the amount of effort that goes into trying to maintain and figure out, okay, well, how much water am I holding? What do I have to eat for the show? What do I have to do? It is exhausting and just it will destroy people's metabolism if they're not doing it right. There's so much damage that can be done. While you look like a million bucks, it is... You're not healthy. Yeah. You're not healthy. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm one of the very few gym owners that speaks out against bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding as a sport, mm-hmm. but also bodybuilding in general. Um, bodybuilding is an incredibly selfish thing that while you look like you're the physical peak mm-hmm. perfection of a human uh, body, uh, what's going on internally is absolutely detrimental to your body and your mind. Um, when you do a bodybuilding show, hormones are a big thing. Your natural hormone structure is completely obsolete. And you're running on all these exogenous synthetic hormones that are just destroying you. They are. You're taking You're taking years off your life to look good while you're younger. It's not healthy. It's not okay. Bodybuilding is... I understand the goal because I've done it. I understand the the want to do something because you you've you're like me you've you've been heavy your whole life and you just want to show that you can do it just once it's a cool feeling but then when you're done it fucking kills you it, you're you're destroying yourself man I, I used to i used to have a thin spot i have a full-blown bald spot from all the hormones really um i used to be able to enjoy some food now and then and then 
be able, be able to have a little bounce back easy. Now, if I have something with gluten in it, my body's just like, it, I go full inflamed mode. I gain seven pounds in a day yep. just from gluten. Uh, dairy now gives me cystic acne. All this stuff. Like there's these, bodybuilding is not a healthy thing. It's not healthy to do. I don't care what anybody tells you, it's not. This is as a gym owner who sees people bodybuild all the time. It will fuck up your personal life with your with your significant other. It will fuck up your your personal life with your friends. It fucks up everything. And you just expect people to be okay with it because you're like, oh, I'm doing a bodybuilding show. Nobody fucking cares. Well, it speaks to being selfish. Yeah, it's extremely selfish. Nobody fucking cares if you're uh, 2% body fat on stage for a bunch of people that do not know who you are. You do if you're doing it for the reason of I want to prove that I can get up there and I want me versus me, new me versus old me. I get that. But if you're trying to chase down a pro card and you're and you're spending every dime you have and you're sacrificing work and you're sacrificing life and you're sacrificing your relationships with people all over, that's not okay. That's not that's not a good thing. We need those those relationships as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, an employee, as a corporate person trying to, trying to chase down a goal. We need those interpersonal relationships to help us network and guide us and all these things. And everyone I've ever met that's ever done a bodybuilding show can fuck everything up in the last four weeks of prep. <laughs> they can fuck up every relationship they ever had. Yeah. I've had friends that I have to go. Man, I'm not your friend right now, dude. Like you, you finish you, your show. And then finish come your back, show. Come back after. Come, when you eat, whatever, we'll talk. And literally, one guy didn't talk to me for two months. Wow. Because he thought like I was being that much of an asshole. I was like, I'm not. Be, I'm not being a jerk. Mm-hmm. We're not friends right now. You're you're a different person. You're not who I need you to be. There's Tony. Um, yeah. You're not who I need you to be right now. Mm-hmm. I had to fire a guy because of it. He, he, the bodybuilding show was more important. Mm-hmm. That's and tough. It sucks, man. It's it's hard. I'll tell you who's got it figured out the most, though, man. I, I talk a lot of shit about CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. But, but honestly, CrossFitters that aren't doing all this shit to try to be, you know, um, the Dan Baileys of the mm-hmm. world that are walking around jacked all the time. The CrossFitters that do it for the health reasons and they follow a, a good diet plan and all that kind of thing, and they're doing functional, true fitness, mm-hmm. those guys got it figured out. Yeah, Not the guys trying to do ollies, ollie lifting for speed and reps and time. No. But the people who are like you, you do functional training, you do box jumps, you do work with kettlebells, dumbbells. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of got it figured out. Like that's... You're doing it to be healthy. You're doing it so your mobility's there. You're doing it so your joints work correctly. Your muscles are firing correctly. Yeah. That's from a health and fitness aspect. Doing it the right way, pushing yourself. That you've got it figured out. It's you know I gotta say in my twenties I was able to bounce back a lot faster than I do now. But over time I've had to realize that I don't recover like I used to, and yeah. I have to build in more. Mobility. I have to do realize. Hey, you know, I, I can't pull 500 pounds anymore. I, it just it's it's not going to happen without breaking my back. <laughs> and so it, it it's um, it's an evolution, 
but you're right. Whenever I look at, at different fitness realms, CrossFit has done great things for community. It's helped bring people together, which, I mean, they're definitely known for that. But I would also argue that you're doing that with community here at Legacy. And it's not just CrossFitters. You've got people like me that, that have done, I'm not going to say powerlifting, but I've done uh, strength and conditioning training. I've done CrossFit, all of those things. And I can come into your facility and do anything I want. I was just out flipping a tire last weekend yeah. in the back. I mean, the, you know, there's so much functional stuff here. And it, it is like a community. You've got bodybuilders and powerlifters and, and people that are in their 60s just coming in. Yeah. And so I think that you have done that in terms of building a good community here. It's it, and that's the whole idea. It's how can we take every ideology of fitness, put it together, make it all work, and create a place where everybody feels comfortable. Yep. And 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 that's kind of where a lot of these things come. Like evolution, you know, ev- evolution is inevitable for anybody that's actively trying to change their life. And that's the same thing with business. That's the same thing with uh, personal goals. Um, marriage goals, relationship goals, evolution is inevitable when you're trying to make changes for good. Even the thought process about money, when you stop thinking about money, like in our 20s, we think about money. Yep. Now we're in our 30s, you know, crossed over the mid-30 mark, we're starting to hit the late 30s. We now think of things differently. We think of winning now. How can we win? How can we... How can I touch someone's life and make it better? Evolution's inevitable when you're trying to make changes for good. It is. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So I want to shift a little bit over to your podcast. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> the fact that you you have so many different guests and cover just such a broad array of topics. And for me, I love that. I don't know what I'm going to you know listen to each week. Yeah. Whenever I, I'm. I flip it on. I mean, you had a guy talking about cybersecurity recently, which which really resonated with me. Yeah. I guess say recently, maybe a few months ago. Um, Old Jim. He's good people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I have to say you're an incredible host. <laughs> Thank you. And and whenever you interviewed me on your podcast, you made it very easy for me. First time for me to come and sit down and, and do an in-person interview. So you made it easy on me. So I appreciate that. Well, I had a little homework. I had a little homework from your previous podcast. So that yeah. helps. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I want to, uh, before you delve into this, the fact that right now we're actually recording here in your gym, mm-hmm. in, in a little podcast studio here in the gym. Whenever I'm listening to your show, hearing the barbells clanking in the background, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just such a nice touch. It's not overwhelming or overpowering, yeah. but that's that's just a legit touch, and, and I really appreciate it. So how'd you come to start it? And then So it, a- it actually started with the brainchild. The guy's blowing up my phone right now. Uh, Jacob Kugler and I, we start out with an idea of I'm very much a heathen. Um, I believe in, I believe in, um, higher power. I believe in God. That's why I call God. Um, but I think religion is man-made and it's flawed. Um, I believe spirituality is something. Um, Jacob is a, the child of a pastor and it was supposed to be like a, a heathen and a pastor's kid talking. And for whatever reason, you know, Jacob wasn't able to make it work. And then the couple times I've had him on, it's just it's not authentically him. Okay, he's he's, he's having to put on a, a facade. And I was like, okay, well, there are a lot of people that think like me. There are a lot of people that ride the, the middle of the road. Um, I'm gonna say way too much in here in just a second, but um, 
from a political standpoint, I believe marijuana should be legal. I should believe you should leave guns alone. I believe you should let anybody of any background, of any sexual orientation, religion, whatever, marry who they want to marry. Mm-hmm. I think the government needs to butt the fuck out of people's lives. And yep. I think and I think if you want free if you want free education, then Absolutely. If that's the case, if we're going to wipe out all student debt, let's wipe out all student debt. But the only way you can go to college is get in on merit alone, not on the color of your skin, uh, your acts of, uh, of what you do in the community. You can only get into Harvard if you meet everything that Harvard wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all it. Grade point average, all that stuff. Yep. It's a very weird ideology, but that's the way I think. I think that we should legalize every drug because... I would rather take a drug, like say a drug dealer. This been in, he sold pot, but he's been in jail for ten years for selling weed. I think what we should do is we should give him thirty grand for every year he was in, and say, "Hey man, you can go back to this life, or you can invest that money into a grow facility and actually make something for yourself." Mm-hmm. Those ideas are very different. I think with heathen culture, I can talk to judges. I can talk to business owners, clothing company owners. I can talk to all these different people and get their thoughts and go, hey, challenge me with your ideology, and and I'm not going to try to persuade you. I want to have an open conversation about it. We might leave with a different mindset about each other, but we also might leave going with with a lot more respect and just being able to talk about something. And that's where the heathen culture kind of comes from is going – I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not um, the end-all, be-all, extremely intelligent person, but I am somebody that wants to talk to you because you have a different thought. You have a way to do something. I like how you do this. I like how you do that. I don't like this. How can we talk about that? So much of that is missing in society yeah. today because it, it, we're, we're suffering from more and more of this cancel culture. If you don't agree with me, then, then you shouldn't have your job. You should get fired because of, of thinking the way you think. And, and it's, it's cool to be a victim now instead of a victor. That's sad. And it, it, it sucks. Um, uh, right after uh, George Floyd passed away, uh, they had the blackout box. Mm-hmm. I didn't post anything that day. Yeah, I've made a conscious effort not yeah. to. Um, the next day, I posted an ad video, mm-hmm. and a guy got on there and just started talking mad shit to me. He goes, "This dude lost his life, and you're worried about business, and like just talk shit to me." I said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, I didn't post anything yesterday. You want solidarity? That's me giving you solidarity. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna post a black box and hide behind that and say." I, I support this, but I respect a man, innocent or not, a man died on camera and the whole world saw. I'm going to respect that. But I'm going to be a person who owns a business and go, life's got to go back to normal. It does. And he's sitting there and he goes, you bought all these followers? All my followers are very real. I'm organic that way and I want to stay that way. And I end up having a conversation with him. He ended up private messaging me and we ended up talking. And I say, hey, man, listen, God tells me what to do and I, how to do things. And I live my life, my life by this purpose. And we end up talking. We end up having a really cool conversation. And I'm not saying I changed his mind, mm-hmm. but I got him to understand. While it does suck, while this person passed, while this person died, he was killed on camera, 
you have you can get your your things out, but we can't all live the rest of our lives not posting about something because this guy died. Did you know him? Was he personally in your life? Was he was he your dad, your uncle, your brother, whatever? No, he wasn't. But you you're hurt by his passing. We gave that to him. Let's go on. Let's move on. Let's let's turn let's turn a loss into a win. Hey man, this is how we're gonna do it. And he ended up having this really cool conversation with me. We had I just got a one star review because the guy didn't like that we wouldn't make other people wear a mask in here. I'm like, he's trying to cancel me because of that. I'm like, well, here's the thing. So, like, I come here because I didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I have no doubt that there's a lot of people out there in in the gym that are came here, especially during the height of the pandemic, which yeah, you know, wherever we're at today. And I actually stopped paying attention just because it doesn't really I didn't matter. Say, I don't care. But you know, for me personally, I came because I didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. And. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. So, <laughs> no, it's all good. I think, I think with what we're going through as a people, the heathen culture is part of that. It's it's being able to have a conversation, you know, without getting loud. Without we cuss. Mm-hmm. I, I, literally, my outro is adios, motherfuckers. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things of. If you're willing to talk to me and have a civil conversation where you don't call me a Nazi because I wear a red ball cap mm-hmm. that says "Make America Lift Again" because you yeah. can't read, <laughs> you know these things. If you can have a conversation with people and come to a middle ground, not come to one side or the other, but come to a middle ground and understanding and having that conversation, that's what the heathen culture is for. If I get to take do something cool with it, if I get to you know be like. Like one tenth of what Joe Rogan used yeah. to do, I'd be down with that for sure. But it goes back to what you're talking about. You're doing what you love, what you want to do, because you want to do it, not because it's going to financially pay off. That's why I said before, the heathen culture is that for me. The um, the whiskey delta clothing that we're starting, it's because I want to do it. It's a win. It has nothing to do with money. It has something to do with. I just want to have fun. And be make fun of me being fat in a shooter, low speed, hella drag. You know, <laughs> that's what that's it, it's it's about making the wind stack up, and not about the money. It's about doing something for the love of it, not for the money. And I think you have to work through that portion of hell, starting out whether you're in the corporate world where you're under that dickhead boss that doesn't want to give you a leg up, but you still stay working, you stay grinding. And somebody at another company or somebody um, further up in the food chain at that company sees how hard you're working and they grab you and they, they elevate you when you're opening a business and you're, and you're first starting out and these core people start coming in, like people like you start coming in and go, I want to get this dude my business. And you start telling your friends. Remember we had Josh Brown. We had all these people oh, yeah. in here. Yeah, It was one of those things of, it organically grew. It became something to where now it pays for itself, takes care of itself. So you can focus on something you love, something you want to do that, that creative outlet, keep grinding, keep the work ethic, keep moving perseverance, work ethic, and just strength. And that requires zero talent. 
I literally have that on my shirt right now. Yeah. Those things require zero talent. Keep at it. It will pay off. Quit trying to get something handed to you. Don't worry about it being given to you. Go out and fucking get it. You might work for a fucking piece of shit. The same boss that uh, taught me everything, his son was over me. His son goes, if I could buy you what I think you're worth and sell you for what you think you're worth, I wouldn't need to be in the oil and gas industry. I bet that uh, triggered some some emotions and have been a driving force for you. It has. Um, I look at, because he's my friend on Facebook, mm-hmm. I look at his uh, stories where he's driving his Lambo and in his private plane. Mm-hmm. And I go, all that money and you're still a piece of shit. I, I want to be the guy that goes, I have the money and I want to take care of my team and I want to take my team with me. Yep. I want to teach everybody that works for me how to do what I do so they can either do it for themselves or they can do it for me. Man, you know... Getting deep. Very, very <laughs> deep. And, and uh, you know, one of the things for, for closing, I wanted to ask you for some parting words of wisdom, but my God, I think you just kind of slammed it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's legit right there. Is there anything else that you want to share with the, with the group? There's a saying that uh, I'd rather nibble on greatness than choke on mediocrity. There it is. There you go. That's it. Man, thank you so much for for coming on the show this has been an absolute pleasure for me to have this opportunity to to interview you talk through a lot of this content uh for all of you that that like the show how do people contact you um so you can contact me i'm i'm i hate facebook uh but you can find us on facebook at legacy barbell and uh heathen culture um instagram is at legacy barbell and at heathen culture we have a couple other instagrams but they're not really doing much we're we're focusing on the supplement side coming up and then we got a couple new things coming out there and uh whiskey delta is getting started and then uh we're doing another one called take the hill which is more of a motivational kind of thing we're trying to work on so uh right now those two are the main ones to get hold of me and i'm i'm down to talk if you ever need advice if you ever need someone to go hey man is this normal? Is this okay? I, I've had other gym owners reach out to me and go, Hey man, how'd you get to where you are now? What did you do? Did you work? Did you this? And I, and I tell them my personal experience and I tell them how, Hey man, how does this algorithm work with social media? And I'll I'll, I'll coach them through it for free. Yeah. Cause I want everyone to be successful. I want everybody to, to chase down their dreams and live a life that they want. Uh, I give away the game for free and I think that's missing. So, if you want to get a hold of me, if you have questions, if you want to just chat me up about how real Sean is, Sean's one of the realest dudes there is. You are, man. And so I try to keep that as very on the deck as possible. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Uh, please reach out to Henry. Come check out the, the uh, Barbell Club here. It's just an incredible gym if you're living in the North Houston area. Or if not, if you're traveling, happen to be in Houston, make the trip up. It is absolutely worth it to come check it out. So absolutely. if you like the show, please like, subscribe, share if you found it valuable. And you guys have a good one. There you go.